it's Alex and Hannah from the podcast team here to welcome you to another episode of the Pre-Aphrodite podcast. Today we have a real treat as we are joined by uh, Carol Jacobi. Dr. Carol Jacobi is curator of the upcoming exhibition, The Rossettis at Tate Britain. She has been curating exhibitions on Victorian art and photography for 15 years, beginning with the William Holman Hunt and the Pre-Aphrodite Vision at the Art Gallery of Ontario the Minneapolis Institute of Arts and Manchester Art Gallery in 2008. Most recently at Tate, she led the major exhibition of Van Gogh and Britain. Carol began in the university sector. She has taught at Birkbeck College, the Courtauld Institute and elsewhere. She continues to publish and broadcast on 19th and 20th century art, including the Victorian revolutionaries, the Pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood on BBC4. Carol's research takes a social and cultural perspective and aims to challenge and widen the canon, focusing on intersections of the arts, for example, and how we talk about gender and class. Last year, she published her monograph, Out of the Cage, The Art of Isabel Rawsthorne. Thank you so much for coming on today to talk to us, Carol. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Alex, for the introduction. Um, hi, Dr Jacobi, it's Hannah here. Um, I first wanted to ask you, could you tell us a bit about the background of this exhibition? I know we met very briefly at Whittock a few years ago, and I was really inspired um, by the ideas behind the exhibition and what really made you want to pursue it? Um, I don't know, do you, do you want the long background or, or the short background? Um, I mean, just briefly, as, the long background. As long background. as you like. Okay. <laughs> um, well, the long background is that um, I was brought up in Birmingham and. I used to um, wander into Birmingham Art Gallery and uh, just because it was a rather magnificent place and it was warm. And uh, that's really how I came to notice the Paraflites and notice Rossetti. And that's been with me ever since. I sort of, I'm a great believer in art galleries being free because I certainly wouldn't be here if they, if they weren't. And so it's, sort of really amazing to find myself at Tate um, many, many years later and to be able to actually think about um, doing an exhibition of of Rossetti. And of course, it's, you know, in the shorter term, uh, the shorter um, viewpoint is that, you know, it's long overdue. Um, You know, we've never actually done an exhibition devoted um, to Rossetti. And so it's really amazing to sort of be rethinking it the idea of um, thinking it through uh, as the Rossettis um, posed us an amazing opportunity, I think, is that allowed us to do sort of se- several things. So, for example, it's allowed us to um, to put on the first, you know, real retrospective of Elizabeth Siddle's work for, you know, it really shocks me to think that this is for um, 30 years, really, since Jan Master's exhibition at Sheffield in 1992. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, Whittet Manor put on the wonderful uh, Beyond Ophelia, which he curated, Hannah. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it's made an enormous difference that we've been able to borrow that really important collection from Whittick. We're mm-hmm. very grateful for the generosity there, and also just for sort of having conversations with you and with Helen Bratwitten um, just mm-hmm. about the works and the sort of new perspectives that are coming out on the works. I know you've been pioneering, uh, and others. So that's a fantastic opportunity. And uh, obviously, uh, Elizabeth Siddle had a very short and interrupted career, uh, only 10 years, Mm. and not Mm. everything she did has survived. Obviously, Mm. there's going to be 100 works by Dante Gabriel Rossetti in the show, but her works Mm. play a really important role um, right through through the show. Um, 
It also allowed us to, thinking it through as the Rossetti's, allowed us to move away from those sort of monographic views of, of one of our art heroes. And I think we really see him in, um, you know, in, in a new light. Um, we see new things about him from doing that. And the 2003 exhibition in Liverpool was so, it was so full and um thoroughly researched and um it was it was definitive exhibition in, in many ways and we wanted to draw on what's been going on since in, in the 20 years since that and particularly the sort of intersectional scholarship um you know from all kinds of different angles um and it's been one of the sort of great joys of doing this has been sort of diving into all that research so you know mm. you know we've been talking a lot to Jan Marsh who's you know, being the mm-hmm. pioneer of this sort of for God knows, um, um, it's 40 years at least, isn't it? I remember um, mm-hmm. uh, her book on Prophylite Women was the first hardback I ever bought. I thought it was incredibly grown up to be buying a hardback. And um, <laughs> she's <laughs> Um and um, but also sort of a lot of sort of new new researchers uh, as well. So that's been amazing. Um, and I also think that doing it in this format um, has allowed us to experience the Rossettis into the new kind of vividness. So, so for example, they were all writers and poets, and, and there's this sort of fascinating interplay uh, between the pictures and the words. And I think Christina's presence in the show has mm. really kind of catalyzed us sort of looking at that in a whole new way and sort mm-hmm. of seeing all these things that weren't that weren't as obvious before that's what I was going to ask you about Carol the um you know the mixture of art and poetry how have you found combining the two and like ensuring that the exhibition focuses on the literature as well as the art because as you said there are over 100 works of Rossetti in the collection there are quite a few works of Siddles more than you know for what what we previously would have thought of how have Mm. you um managed to deal with the two yeah, that was something I was really interested to think about. Um, how do we bring the words into a, into a space that's basically visual um, without just asking people to read things on walls, which mm-hmm. um, you know, has been our sort of main way of doing that. Um, so we've sort of really thought about that. And um, probably the main thing um, that we're exploring is um, sort of audio installations. I think, you know, contemporary artists have really shown us that exhibitions can be all kinds of different things other than pictures mm. hanging on walls. And so the the, 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 the um, poetry, one way the poetry is coming into the space is through sound. Um, okay. So areas of where you hear uh, as well as seeing. Um, and that's, I think, um, hopefully going to be sort of quite an immersive thing. Uh, there's sort of several kind of quite immersive elements to the exhibition. Um, another thing that we're doing is that, um, Dante Gabriel Rossetti, this isn't to do with um, poetry, but it is to do with immersiveness. Dante Gabriel Rossetti did design um, um, some wallpaper. Um, it was never made. Um, so we are actually mm. kind of um, following his instructions and making something as close as we can. Wow, that's amazing. Entire wall room with that, with yeah. that wallpaper. That um, is so, crazy. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So hopefully it's sort of going to be less like walking past rows of pictures and there's going to be mm. Some mm. sense of sort of um, diving into it with the sound element as well. Um, but we have, we have used uh, words on walls and, um, um yeah hopefully hopefully that's going to be 
uh, a good experience. So you yeah. already kind of have given us a little bit of a, a hint as to what to expect in this exhibition, but do you have a personal favourite in the collection? <laughs> I mean, I imagine oh that it's, it's like choosing between children, but <laughs> <laughs> if you could choose one or two of the works that you're really proud to have in the exhibition and, you, you know, is your personal favourite. Um, yeah, there's this quite a few works I'm, I'm really proud to have in the exhibition. Um I've always, for, for years and years, I've been going on about paraphylite hands. Um, when you ever, you look at a paraphylite painting, you'll never yeah. find two hands the same, even on the same person. And they're always telling you so much about what's going on uh, inside their yeah. heads and things. And um, what sort of struck me particularly with this exhibition, particularly with starting uh, as we do with um, the drawings that uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti did as a teenager, which are extraordinary. He's doing these drawings at 14, 16, 18. Um, and they're incredibly, um, he was obviously very inspired by Gavani. They're incredibly lively mm-hmm. and um, irreverent, really. But one of the things that really struck me was how many of them are actually a couple, two people in sort of where they're they're sort of in some kind of entwined relationship with each other um you know and sometimes it's romantic but sometimes it's a struggle sometimes it's a disagreement sometimes it's unsureness and uh, it struck me that um you know that's something he did right through up until his late years when he tended to more focus on on single figures and the way that he explores these sort of quite complicated and um unresolved relationships to figures uh, by mm. the kind of their sort of postures in relation to each other. Um, that's been really intriguing to me. I've really enjoyed looking at that. Um, one of the other things that, um, I've really enjoyed is this sort of this um, age old theme uh, that we explore in Victorian art, which is the, the fallen woman. Mm. And I think that's sort of become quite a sort of uh, uh, a repetitive theme probably as much through um, us as commentators uh, and sort of popular and, and critical commentary sort of keeps going back and back and back to that theme. And um, one of the things we've been able to do in this exhibition is bring together uh, Found uh, from Delaware, which is Parafla, mm-hmm. um, Dante Gabriel Rossetti's last um, unfinished uh, paraphylite painting and mm. Boccabacciata, uh, which is um, has come from Boston, which is one of his first um, single woman, uh, you know, aesthetic pictures. And to sort of think about, um, to sort of see um, that in the context of some of Christina Rossetti's uh, Goblin Market, which is also dealing with fall, as you might call it, and um, Elizabeth, particularly Elizabeth Siddle's um, Pippa Passes, mm-hmm. uh, which it's um, in you know around the same time as found, she is doing a picture of a, a woman walking through the city and coming mm-hmm. across uh, women on the ground. You know, very similar um, to what. Um, Dante Gabriel Rossetti was doing and found, um, but with a sort of different slant because it's actually a woman that's encountering the fallen woman, not not the not her um, childhood sweetheart, and um, and she sort of maintains her her independence. She's also a woman, but she and she's walking in a street, which we're always told uh, is not um, a respectable thing for Victorian women to do, but 
she is retaining retaining her sort of uh, her agency, her autonomy in that picture. Uh, and then if you look at uh, um Christine Rossetti's uh, Goblin Market, it's actually the woman who intervenes um, with another woman. It's about sister-sister um, relationship, mm. not a, yeah. a, a male-female relationship. And so, and then of course, you know, Rossetti in his Bacchiata completely reverses uh, the sort of narrative of found and shows the woman who sort of in a way saves herself, who's sort of been in this sort of uh, commerce, commerce, sexual commerce with the world, but it's, it's sort of um, retains her her freshness her 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 truth to herself even though she's been through a lot of hardships and ordeals and and so I think that you know those are quite sort of simple binary idea of fallen and respectable in relation to Victorians and Victorian art but you see something far more interesting when you start looking around about how this group were all thinking about this idea at the same time. Thank you, Carol. So talking about that connection between Elizabeth Siddle, Dan Gabriel Rossetti and Christina, um, could you take us a bit behind the scenes and really talk to us about what, why you gave the exhibition a specific title, The Rossettis, um, especially with obviously having Siddle involved in there as well. She's more known as Siddle Rossetti, but what were you kind of, what are you wanting to convey with that title? Well, I think it's interesting that this is a generation um, you know, it's a little bit mm-hmm. like the Brontes. Um, you've mm-hmm. got uh, these people who are all in their 20s and 30s uh, in London mm-hmm. at a very uh, particular time. You've got to remember that um, they're all Londoners, what I think is interesting. And that mm-hmm. London was actually the first city in the world to uh, hit two million around this time. And it doubled in size during their during their lifetimes. So they are sort of rethinking art. And also one of the big themes of the exhibition is they're rethinking life and love and and values more generally um, at a moment of tremendous change, a moment when the world you know, transforms from into the modern world that we know now. You know, so at the beginning of their um there you know when when Christina Rossetti was the first person to come onto the public stage when she published her verses in 1847 there was one station in in London I think I'm right in saying um you know by the time uh, by the end of their lives you've got this complete network of stations you've got London underground you've got street lighting gas lighting mm-hmm. even electric lighting you've got a sewage system you know you've got this um um huge crowding together of people of all classes and London was full of factories in the 19th century um, you've got this massive expanded um, service industry um, you know you've got uh, the working classes far outnumbered the middle classes so it's again it's against this particularly exciting moment um, that that these uh, this this group who are very close to each other very supportive of each other are sort of rethinking art and life mm-hmm. That's really interesting take on it. I mean, in terms of like, especially with regards to your, you, you know, your creating history with um, other exhibitions and especially with the exhibitions that we've already had in pre-Raphaelitism, um, you know, as you've already mentioned, we've had so many um, groundbreaking exhibitions with regards to pre-Raphaelitism. Have you found the curating process different in any other way or uh, similar or how have you found the general experience of putting this whole project together? 
Oh, golly. <laughs> it has been different in many ways. But at the same mm. time, I have uh, learned from a lot of other exhibitions, not necessarily exhibitions about the paraphylites, actually, uh, exhibitions that are trying to do different things, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the Making Modernism at the World Academy, for example, um, that... Um, but like and obviously Paraphylite Sisters at the National Portrait Gallery in 2018 was a really important uh, step. Um, and I think we're in the foothills of rethinking how we do exhibitions at the moment. I think in 10 years time we'll be uh, we'll feel we were struggling a bit at this point. But, you know, just rethinking how we talk about um um, class, how we talk about uh, gender, how we talk about race. Uh, we've sort of been trying to rethink those things from first principles and not simply collect together uh, the work and mm. then think about, okay, how are we going to talk about it from 21st century perspective, but actually make that perspective inform how we collect it together in the first place. Uh, that's That's been really important, hence the importance of um, really representing Elizabeth Siddle, not, you know, in this non-token way. And, you know, one of the things that's been really helpful has been this amazing photographic portfolio that Dante Gabriel Rossetti made of her work after she died, um, which has given us access to, has almost doubled how many of her works we know, because we know them from these photographs. Mm -hmm. So we really make, we're going to show that portfolio and also really made the most of it. Um, You know, really thinking about, you know, for example, Christina Rossetti's involvement with the jam and that paraphylite moment yes. and the wider kind of um, the wider family with their sort of um, revolution, the house full of revolutionaries, because, of course, the, the Rossetti's father was an Italian uh, revolutionary who was in London um, in exile. Um, so sort of, yeah, sort of. Um, and. You know, one of the other things we're showing, which I'm so excited to show, because as you know, I'm also interested in Victorian photography, is mm. the complete um, photo shoot, if you want to call it that, um, that John Parsons, Dante Gabriel Rossetti and Jane Morris did in 1865, where we hope you can actually see how, because um, that, that photo shoot's always uh, presented as being well photos grasped by John Parsons and then recently mm. people said but of course Rossetti will have sort of had a very much an artistic hand in that photo shoot and I'm thinking I'm sorry mm. but um, yeah. Jane Morris probably had yeah. something to do it you know she probably mm-hmm. made the dress um, yeah. she changed her dress uh, I think halfway through she's the person whose hair is up who's down um, and so on so we're going to represent that and also sort of trace the actual decisions that are made through that photo shoot uh, mm. So that's sort of an example of the kind of uh, decisions and things we've been searching out. It has taken us a lot longer to search some things out, but um, as private collector has been wonderful in, um, mm. in coming up with some of these things. Um, mm. And the other thing is that, you know, y- you can't tell these uh, new stories without a new language. So we've really mm. been rethinking the kind of language we use. So, for example... You would never say, uh, oh, this, this painting uh, is by Dante Gabriel Rossetti, the husband of Elizabeth Siddle. 
Um, mm -hmm. He was the husband of Elizabeth Siddle. Um, you would never say uh, this painting's by Dante Gabriel Rossetti, um, you know, sister, the, the brother of Christina Rossetti, the much better known Rossetti. Um, <laughs> but we do that with the women. And uh, you know, not not just in, in relation to these this group of women, but but generally, um, we, we describe people as his model, his wife. Uh, just that word, his. I think it's, it's mm. not necessary. Um, and so we've sort of really been thinking about that that language, the the phrase in her own right. You'd never say, you know, here's Rossetti. He was a poet. The brother mm. of Christina Rossetti. He was a poet in in his own right. You'd never say yeah. that. No, no, I was just, I think that really feeds wonderfully into another question, Carol. Um, talking about that language and making it kind of relevant and resonant today and that inclusivity is fabulous. And I wanted to ask you as well, with regards to that, um, how your how that engagement um, is going to work with contemporary audiences and the audiences that you're looking to attract and, yeah, the different maybe study days or things you kind of, kind of offer within that um, exhibition. Well, um, one of the amazing things about this exhibition is the first two rooms are just about teenagers. Mm. And, um, you know, the, um, one of the things that um, my colleague James Finch has been really draw drawing out is that, um, you know, the, the, the culture of the Rossetti, the particular kind of way they were raised in that family uh, was incredibly enabling in terms of them expecting to publish, expecting to change the world, if you like. Mm. Um, so we were hoping, and the other thing, so many people come to me, um, I don't know if this is true of you, um, and said to me, oh, I was so into um, Rossetti when I was a teenager. And people of all mm. generations have said that to me. And I must, obviously, I've already explained how I was one of those people too. And, and I think the Rossettis might be a little bit of rite of passage uh, mm -hmm. for art, a sort of gateway drug for art um, uh, for teenagers of all generations. And so it'd be really, really lovely if we could uh, uh, address address the complete, you know, the full sort of demographic of people enthusiastic about, about the paraphylites and also people who haven't come to them and I just think that also is something about their the romance the sort of absolutely you know the, the, everything in this exhibition is about love love is the sort of uh the world in which all the different kind of existential um adventures take place in this exhibition and um I think there's just something about their rule breaking their romance that appeals um um, to young and old alike so that's sort of who we're addressing it to um there is um there are um we, we i don't i can't um, tell you what sort of um events is going to be around it yet but um that there will be um as as, as we always do and um, we hope that there's going to be a conference mm -hmm. uh, because one of the things is that as I think I already said, we've been so it's been so fascinating to explore all the new research that's going on, and um, we've only been been able to sort of represent the tip of the iceberg, um, particularly in the catalogue. Um, so we're hoping that conference will give us sort of really allow all these people to sort of talk to each other and share share what they've been doing. Um, and obviously there is the catalogue, um, and then there's also going to be a, a book of poetry. Um, Chris, uh, Christine Rossetti, uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti and Elizabeth Siddle's poetry, just a selection uh, mm -hmm. that's also going to be published with the exhibition. 
Oh, that's going to be absolutely amazing. I mean, I've already booked my ticket um, <laughs> to go and visit the exhibition when it is eventually out. I just wanted to ask you a question about, because um, you've had a lot of experience in curating exhibitions. Would you say that this is your favourite one that you've done so far? Well, the one you're currently working on is always always your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I was immersed in Bill Brandt um, last year, but but actually I think um, it, it it probably is in, in one way. Um, it was an enormous privilege to do the Van Gogh exhibition. Um, but again, that's an artist. I think I'm really interested in artists who um, carry around with them this sort of set of myths. And mm, yeah. quite often um, there's something even more worth uh, interesting going on uh, when you when you look, particularly when you look at their words and what they've done. And uh, I think that's what the Van Gogh exhibition had co- has in common with this exhibition. But I think this is a more complex in that we're dealing uh, with um, with with the three different characters, mm. um, and we're also dealing, I think, with um, a real, I'm hope, a real transformation in what in how we're seeing 19th century art. 19th yeah. century historic art is being completely rethought at the moment from the point of view of um, decolonization, of gender, of class. I mean. Elizabeth Siddle. <laughs> Elizabeth Siddle was a working class artist. Mm-hmm. It's not some, someone you meet that often in the historical part of galleries. Um, and she was self-taught. And uh, that's always sort of, um, uh, that's also always sort of encouraged her to be presented as secondary. But if you think about it, by the time you get to the end of the 19th century, the idea of the self-taught um, working class uh, artist had a kind of authenticity about it. it also almost became the kind of paradigm of the modern artist of the groundbreaking artist um, and in a way you know I think we could see her retrospectively from that point of view rather than I think we quite often retrace uh, the step of the Victorian prejudices ourselves uh, without realizing it from, from, from that point of view. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that pre-Raphaelitism as an art movement, as a literary movement, is so very relevant to our, you know, our discussion today. Um, Mm. I mean, a a couple of episodes ago, I had a really interesting conversation with Brian Eaton, who's a Mm. descendant of Fanny Eaton. We were talking about something similar in terms of their approaches and their addressing and interrogations of, uh, you know, of attitudes towards race and attitudes towards Mm. class. And as you say, I think... Um, pre-raphaelitism really does address that um yeah. absolutely so that, that yeah. was a wonderful that was a wonderful po- podcast and um fanny eaton does feature uh in fact i think um we're talking about works that i particularly love uh for me rossetti some of rossetti's drawings are absolutely exquisite but for me the most exquisite is the one he did of Fanny Eaton, uh, which is coming all the way from Stanford to be in the exhibition. And um, yeah, she 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 is. We are with um, Jed Zamodora has done a wonderful um, essay uh, about the beloved um, from these sort of um, rethinking rethinking that painting. Um, so yeah, that's I absolutely agree. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Carol. Um, sorry if you can hear my naughty dachshunds in the background. I'm <laughs> right. left home alone and they won't be quiet. But um, yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to ask, is there anything else that we haven't asked that you wanted to talk about? Anything else that we've missed? Yeah, I, th- I want to uh, t- just to pick up on what Alex just said. Another thing that Alex just said that uh, I really think that um, our fascinate- fascination with the paraphylites is to do with the fact that a lot of the questions they're asking we haven't really answered yet you know so just the questions about love and it's not you know um what happens if you fall in love with your best friend's fiance what happens <laughs> if you're in love with someone or you want to marry someone your parents don't approve of um wh- you know what happens if you, you're in love with two people at the same time uh and how do you what happens if your love uh, dies these are all things that we still um ask ourselves we still uh, we're still thinking about all the time they sort of were asking all those big existential questions particularly around love and I do think that they're very um they speak to us very directly uh, okay. uh, still still today and that you know one of the things that really comes across in the exhibition that's not just a uh, romantic love between uh men and women it's it, it and or uh, it's it's sort of all kinds of love you know love between the same sex love between sisters and brothers and parents and children um they sort of really explore love in all its you know religious love in all its sort of um aspects thank you so much carol we can't wait to come and visit the rosetta's exhibition at tate britain from it's from april next year to september and i think it's just been so fascinating listening to your thought process behind it i'd never thought of thinking of the rosettes and the brontes and looking at them you know that really radical kind of wanting to change the world and how they relate to each other and that love and thank you this has been wonderful um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alex, as well, for the brilliant questions. Just, just, to say. Say that, just to say the exhibition is also on at Delaware. It goes on and will be on Delaware uh, uh, um, around Thanksgiving next year. Oh, brilliant. Oh, fabulous. So for all our American listeners, um, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much, both of you. It's been another thank really you. interesting episode. Thank you. Yeah, look forward thank to the you. exhibition. It's fun. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.